Oh, we played them? All right, 5.32 on the Sports Huddle on a Thursday wow. afternoon. This yeah. has flown by. Hasn't it, though? Yeah, I've talked to my the, the, my pilot who's in the chopper. I say, stand by, because as soon as we leave the radio show, we're taking the red eye. To Elsie Bird. To Dutch, the new Dutchman Field at Elsie Bird. They got new turf. Wow. At Elsie Bird. Big, big Region 5 uh, C contest with James River. Highlights at 11 tonight? I th- Well, we'll have to see. If BTR... Uh, is going on. If not, he may throw a highlight or two. Oh, in. that's right. You have BTR. Listen to not, you. Yeah, Tell yeah. the audience what BTR is. Beyond Come on, man. the roster is one of our many franchise pieces with CBS Six Lane. I think this is the one where it's the officials. Where uh, there there was a game. There was a. Uh, sorry, sorry, Mike. I know you're waiting. There's a, there was a scrimmage a couple of weeks. He's got ago. all the time in the world, right? <laughs> and I mean that as affectionately as I could possibly say because I have been there and done yes. that. But go ahead. There was a scrimmage a couple of weeks ago, and one of the, I think it was deep run in Goochland, and there was an opportunity for hopeful officials to kind of get into being an official. And so that was a story, trying to promote again the fact that there is a shortage of uh, high school football officials. They're trying to up the, uh, up the number. I think it's they want it to be at 200 and something. And they're at like 120, 130. Mm, got a so, ways to go. Yeah. So they were. So that was the. I think that's the story tonight. All Still right. trying to push uh, the shortage of high school officials. I'll watch because it is the only local sports station that, in town, and that's why a lot of the games this year again will be on Thursday nights to because of the shortage. Because they know officials. they will have they will have officials on a not of sports night. departments at TV stations, exactly yes. but of officials of officials yes. and there is a sh- whatever about it. <laughs> <laughs> all right he has been patiently waiting which is just like the good old days when he used to be on regularly yes. and I would get him on sorry five, Mike five minutes late he's four <laughs> minutes late this afternoon Michael Phillips joins us great to have you back on the air great to catch up with you how are you my friend. I'm great. I, I'm going to drop a BTR casually. I love to be on the roster segment, but I, I feel really in the know now. Um, dude, I, I feel like a college football coach. Uh, they, they pay me to not coach uh, at the moment, and uh, there, there's worse gigs in town. Now, the college coaches, they'll get that for like three, four years. Yes. Like they, they live really good. I, I don't think I... I don't think I got quite that lucky on the draw. <laughs> and you're picking up stuff uh, here and there, aren't you, Michael? Yeah, so so short version, I got laid off from the Times Dispatch. Um, they're discontinuing Commanders coverage. Um, as you know, I'm, I'm not I'm not special. Um, that, that's the story in newspapers around the world right now, and, and certainly uh, everybody reads those tea leaves. And you guys were just mentioned with Sean that the changing media landscape. But uh, I'm excited to be a part of that changing media landscape. I was covering the game Monday for the Associated Press, uh, doing some work for our friends at. Uh, Dial Weekly and uh, maybe the Virginia Mercury as well, uh, picking up some stuff along the way, and uh, hopefully some some really exciting announcements in the in the next few weeks. So things are good. Hey, Mike, was it? Tell me how what was going through your mind when you walked back into FedEx Field Monday night, not as the Commanders beat reporter and sports editor for the Times Dispatch, but you're you know you was working as a freelancer for the AP. You know, and as part of my freelance duties, I went to go talk to John Harbaugh after the game, and I, I never go to the visiting locker room. Yeah. Um, you know, mm. it's, it's the story the players always tell, right? Like, I went to the visiting locker room, and it was weird. I went to the visiting locker room, and it was weird. <laughs> uh, and then I turned the corner in the visiting locker room, and guess who's standing right in front of me? All, all 330 pounds of them. Morgan Moses. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I've been, I've, 
I felt right back at home again. There you go. <laughs> wow. And my eyes did not deceive me, right? But your byline with Associated Press did find its way into one edition of the Times-Dispatch, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's always a treat to be in the hometown paper, Bob. <laughs> that's the icing on the cake that, right there. That really it? is. That's, that's, that's the bitter irony of all time. Um, so what was the feel, Michael, aside from yours, obviously, which was probably pretty surreal, but things are different now at FedEx Field and with the commanders, the whole ownership thing. What kind of overall feel did you get from an exhibition game Monday night? Man, so, so separate this into a few things. And one is, I, I mean – there was energy on the sideline, like legitimately so. There were the CEO of Verizon was down there hanging out. Uh, Joe Gibbs was down there hanging out. Wale, the rapper, was down there. Mm-hmm. The, the whole ownership group was down. Minus Magic Johnson was down there. Um, there was it was legit bumping pregame. People wanted to be down there, wanted to be a part of it. Um, the game was unlike any preseason game I've ever seen, and that legitimately both teams wanted to win that game. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm sure you guys watched it to the finish. I, <laughs> I, I've never watched the fourth quarter of a preseason game with as much interest or yes. intensity as this one. And, and I don't think that was the ownership change. I think that was the Raven streak. But it, it was still a very fun subplot. I will say, though, let me, let me just pour a glass of cold water here. It's still <laughs> FedEx Field. The traffic is still miserable. Yes. The concourse is still terrible. The food options are still bad. Those things did not magically change overnight. There is hope in the air, but it is definitely the same old building. Okay, the media parking, is it still as bad? They actually, starting, so in the pandemic, they gave, they, they upgraded the media parking, and they have actually held on to that. Um, so we, we are green lot now, for those in the know. Um, back in the day, media were made to park in what was called the gray lot. Yes, it was. Uh, it was it was so far down, it didn't even have a color. Um, <laughs> it, it, it was a legit 20-minute hike to the stadium from there. Yes. Um, now, green is, is the furthest ring of the close parking lot, but it, but it is one of the, the actual stadium parking lots. It's not a made-up thing in a field that, that they gave us to, to demean us. Um, and that actually that started with Jason Wright when he came in, uh, and that, that, that continues, and uh, uh, we, we appreciate it. Because I know during the pandemic we were able to park in the orange lot. And well, no, nobody, nobody did better than than the fans who made it out during the pandemic when they nope. had those games where there were two, three thousand people there. I yes, mean, literally everybody just parked up front. Absolutely, absolutely. But I want to get your thoughts about Sam Howell, uh, how he played. We, me and Bob had talked about it. Yes, it was an exhibition. Yes, it was against the second string for Baltimore. But I thought in the situations that Ron Rivera was looking for. I thought Howell played pretty, pretty well, given the circumstance. What did you think? Man, two things that really impressed me and stood out to be about Sam Howell. One was he had a bad play where he turned second and two into third and 15. Coaches don't like that, by the way, when you turn second and two into third and 15. <laughs> that hasn't changed. I know these, these are the kind of insights. I'm a free agent, man. These are the insights that are available for hire. Um, <laughs> but then very next play, what does he do? He converts the third and 15, shakes it off, goes out, has a great play. And that's important because he's going to have interceptions this year. He's going to have sacks this year. But he bounced right back, didn't let it get to him. The second thing, he throws a mean deep ball. Mm-hmm. And not even all of them were caught, but, but he puts that thing on a rope, gets it downfield, gets it to where its target is. And look, we've had some very competent quarterbacks come through here who manage the game and move the chains. But it's been a long time since we've had a quarterback that throws a legit 
deep ball, and that does so much for the rest of the team. That yep. does so much for the running game, for the offensive line. It's just so good for everybody if he can land one of those deep balls. Sure, I'll hit you with the negatives, too. Uh, look, we were all afraid of this offensive line coming into the season. Sam Howell sacked four times in the preseason. On my scoreboard, all four were his fault, not the offensive hmm. line's fault. He didn't make the adjustments. He didn't get the ball out when he needed to. You saw one the other night where, look, he had the one, two, three, and he didn't throw it away. He hung on to it too long, mm-hmm. and, and they got to him. He'll have to learn you cannot do that in the NFL. Um, so the decision-making is not 100% there yet. Um, but, look, there's, as I wrote, there's more good than bad. Um, and given that he was a fifth-round draft pick a year ago, I think you take that. What is the impact now, and what do you think it'll be during the year and what you saw of Eric Bieniemy? And his offense, and you know, we had the whole dust up and hullabaloo about he's too tough on us, coach, and all of that. But at the end of the day, what do you think the impact will be of the enemy on this offense? I think Troy Aikman, you know, about midway to like late in the first quarter, he just goes, That's the Chiefs' offense. And huh. yeah, yeah, you know, it, it is. It, it's, you know, it's Chiefs from 2022. So the, the Patrick Mahomes evolution was he came in. He was so successful at making the big plays. Teams took that away, and then in twenty in twenty two, he learned I can just move the ball down the field five to seven yards at a time, and and that's what you saw Sam Howell doing. I love the offense. I, I love the potential. Uh, uh, you know, the dust ups old news, but I will say this: the players came away from that looking bad, not Eric Bieniemy. Mm-hmm. Like if Eric Bieniemy had been hired to coach the Buffalo Bills or you know the Patriots or the Steelers, like and the players gripe. Maybe, maybe you're like, okay, well, you know, these guys know how to have success. These guys don't know how to have success. These guys have stunk for the last two years. I mean, this team has been one game away from the playoffs each of the last two years. Mm -hmm. And and you can say pretty definitively, it's the offense's fault they didn't get there. You know, that does not buy you a lot of wiggle room into complaining about your situation. What do you like about the the rest of that offensive group? I, I mean, we talked about the receivers. Um, they probably have three of the top receivers, young receivers in the game. And also the running backs, going with Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson and also, what is it, Rodriguez? Uh, the mm-hmm. man they, they, Rodriguez, yeah, uh, from out of Kentucky. Out of, out of Kentucky, yeah. Uh, you know, I when and, and I haven't been to the training camp practices, obviously, but before that, in the OTA practices, the enemy was coaching Brian Robinson really hard, like harder than everybody else. And what I couldn't figure out was, is that because he, he doesn't like the guy for some reason, or is that because like he believes in him and he's trying to lift him to, to the next level? Mm-hmm. And obviously you hope it's that one. Um, I, I don't know what to make of the running game, which I think is intertwined with, I still don't believe in this offensive line. I don't think they're going to hold up for the entire season. And I don't think it's a particularly, you know, jaw dropping collection of talent there. I, I don't think I'm the only person with that opinion, but I love these receivers. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, Dotson is only better. Jahan Dotson, I, look, he, he has made big-time strides. Um, Curtis Samuel, if he gives you what he gave you last year, you feel great about that. And enough said about Terry McLaurin, of course, you just hope his toes healthy, which, which it sounds like it will be. That's, I would put that three up, I believe, against pretty much any other team in football. Mm. So uh, Michael Sean is dying to know. Do you think this is a postseason team? You know, here's what's funny to me. The <laughs> Vegas line right now is six and a half wins for these guys. Uh-huh. And, and you look at that, and I think Sean looks at that, I think sensibly says, 
yeah, mm-hmm. over. They're, they're going to get more than six and a half. There's enough talent there just on defense to, to carry you. I, I think what's baked into the six and a half is I think this is a, a nine and eight team and a wild card team. I also think if things go badly, this is a wheels come fully off four and 13 team. Mm. Like I, I just don't know that there's a lot of in between. And, and you know, it's, if these guys, if the, the defense is good enough, if Sam Howell gives you enough plays, this is a team that when, when they go play Aaron Rodgers on Christmas Eve, I think that could be a really big game for both teams, just in terms of playoff position. I, th- I got that one circled already. I think that could be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. This is also a team that, look, if you go one and three and the offense turns on the enemy, like you're coaching as hard for this, like get out of here, and they, they cycle through three quarterbacks as they've been known to do, and mm-hmm. Harry gets hurt or something like that. Look, everybody knows Ron's getting fired at the end of the year. If that happens, everybody starts looking out for themselves. Four and thirteen. I, I mean, it's it's easy to draw the map between both of those places. I think it's a really big swing between ceiling and floor here. I, I, we, I did mention that those first four games could really be telling, especially you know if, if they go three and one, the optimism is high. Now they get all excited and everything is, you know, it's the honeymoon period. But like you said, if they go one and three and Howell is injured, or he throws a lot of interceptions, and that O line does not hold up. Yeah, hopefully there's no mutiny. That that's going to be the big thing. You know, I, I think we're all chalking up the Cardinals game as a win, and it's the NFL, and that's dangerous. But I, I do think they're good enough to beat the Cardinals. And team with a coaching change is a team you want to play in Week One, not mm-hmm. Week 18. By the time they've gelled, I'm excited about Week Two in Denver. Sean Payton and Russell Wilson. There's a ton of pressure on them. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a huge game for them. And especially if, if these guys can put week one in the back, they're playing with house money a little bit there. I think that would be fun. Uh, and then, then you start rolling from there. And, and, and you know, it's, it's a fascinating NFC East this season. Obviously, Jalen Hurts and Philly look pretty untouchable. But that's a one-man band. If, if Jalen Hurts uh, gets injured for some reason or something happened mm-hmm. there, you know, I, I don't think the Eagles look as, as formidable anymore. The Cowboys are always the Cowboys. They're always going to win 10 games and then lose in the playoffs. <laughs> and and the, the Giants are beatable, but these guys haven't proved they can contain Daniel Jones over the last six years. I mean, yep. he, he, dude plays like a Hall of Famer against them. So I, I think that will be a very fun test for this defense to see how legit they are. It's, it's some good matchups. Michael, we love talking commanders and football with you. We hope we get some more chances to do it as the season moves along. We hope we see your byline out there, and we hope you wind up where you want to be in the future because you deserve it. Well, that is very kind of you to say, Bob. I love chatting with both of you guys. Uh, enjoy the enjoy the game, Sean, and I uh, can't believe we're already kicking off tonight. What's fun? I can't wait, man. I cannot wait. The chopper is outside as we speak. <laughs> Let's go. All right. Michael, thanks. Stay in touch. Thanks, Mike. All right. Yep. Michael Phillips, he's great. That's yep. why we had him on the radio. I mean, if he wanted a radio career, we could we could add him to our stable. Podcast, radio, I mean, exactly. He, good stuff, and he's, sure. and he's still in the know, so that's that's always yep. big. And I, I didn't dare ask him, like, what's next? what can you tell us? Are you covering the next game? Right. You, I don't, I'll bet he doesn't even know at this point. And he's probably probably enjoying that. Just, it's, you know, it's a lot just, of day-to-day. You never know. Yeah. And the fact that he had never been to the, the visiting That's a cool story. It? That is a cool <laughs> thing. I think I've and been he's there right. Once. He's right. That's right out of a you know, a coach who changed teams yeah. or a player who's been traded. All that. Yeah, that's that's it's, really it's funny. good stuff. It's funny. All right, finish it up. Last segment straight ahead, Sports Huddle 1061 ESPN.